Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the kennel, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Well, good morning, everybody. Yeah, we got a good response out of that one. Uh, Yeah, just thankful to be up here this morning. Um, Couldn't, Ty just says it so well every time, but especially on Mother's Day, just, um, we're in springtime, and it seems like everybody comes out of hibernation as soon as spring hits, and, and, you know, all the all the aches and pains are back and everybody's grouchy and but the one thing i'm really excited about is that uh sorry i was looking at uh over there um anyways no i was looking over there to make a point i'm just so happy that my parents are here this morning just you know even on mother's day my mom drove five and a half hours just to come see me and and i know spring is real busy and and man just seems like every time you know that I've been talking to people, are just they we're just getting caught up in the monotonous of springtime, and um, you know, even though we get caught up in the monotonous, I want to you know just share a, a story about you know my first time really ever Brandon. I think first recollection I can never even think of, but I had to have been maybe about in preschool. And it's funny that my dad actually brought this story up the other night over dinner, and I'd never heard him even tell the story, so it was funny that I was preaching over it. But um, you know. I, Branding is just such a special time of just fellowship and people getting together and just um, being together, really just having great conversation and, and, you know, teaching each other new things or just lifting each other up, whatever the case may be. And, um, you know, I, I remember early that morning we got up and we drove down to XIT Ranch and uh, we, uh, I, like I said, I'd been about preschool and my dad sits me up on my on a good black mare named Emma, and we're gathering a big rough pasture, and there's a great big canyon there, and um, he's riding a colt, and you mean, when you saddle up over there, I mean, you're, you're saddled and ready to go at 5.30, and it's still dark. I mean, people are getting on colts at 5 in the morning, and it's dark out, and you can, the dew is cold, you smell the sand sage, and uh, you, you can hear bronks behind you honking as people are getting bucked off in the dark, and <laughs> that's mostly what I remember, but <laughs> it, it is a distinctive sound, and my dad usually trying to scare me half to death of, your, your mare's awful humped up this morning, you sure you're going to be able to ride her? <laughs> never forget that but no just I remember that day just so vividly we started gathering and there it was just a little rough deal and my dad told me to sit in a place with some cows and he told me just to sit there and that's just what I remember and and while he was going to go off and do some more work and gather some more cows and he just wanted me to sit there with these cows and keep them in this bottom that way they didn't go nowhere and he could come back or whatever and and so I listened real well, and I just, I don't know how I knew where the pins were, but I guess I just heard chocolate donuts and chocolate milk calling my name. Um, but I took my cows to the pins, and I got there at least 45 minutes before everybody else. I don't know what they were doing, but, uh, but I got there a lot quicker. But, you know, it just got me to thinking of even though we're in springtime and we have all these things to do, I think we often forget about the main purpose of our lives, and that's other people. And, and we can get so caught up in the to-do list. And that's why I'm so thankful that my, everybody is here this morning, all the moms that have came out and just everybody that is so supportive of all their people around them, not just moms, but in general. Um, 
like I said, it's so easy just to get caught up in the day-to-day things. And it's not just on Mother's Day. It's not just on this week. It's not just in springtime. It's all the time. And, you know, we, we often like to call ourselves Christians. And that's, you know, you, heard me, you hear me say it a lot. But I like to break the word Christian down to where it's, it's two parts of the word, right? It's Christ-ian, right? Christ, you should know what that means. If you don't, come to Tyler after church and he'll explain it to you and who he is. <laughs> but, but we all know who Christ is, right? But I think the suffix of that word is just almost just as important as the first part of it, and that's Ian. And you can actually replace Ian with follower because that's what that means, that we're Christ's followers. And, you know, we're going to be in John 9 today, and, you know, in that in that passage, Jesus is sending a man to go preach his word and tell him all the things that he's done. And in today's day and age, I feel like we're kind of in the Marshawn Lynch of Christianity. You know, we're just here so we don't get fined. You know, we just come to church just to kind of check our box off, and then that's about it. Um, you know, uh, and if that's really all you want in life, you know, to never impact anybody or never have a connection, then that's fine. I, I just, and I don't mean to be rude when I say this, you can just, I don't know if you can really call yourself a Christian because you're not really a Christ follower. You may be a believer. You may even be a churchgoer. But as far as a Christian, you're actually following Christ. It's a little different thing, right? And, I, and like I said, I don't say that to be rude, but you know, once we receive God's grace and mercy and forgiveness and all-around love, but yet we refuse to give it to others that desperately need it, you know, is that really what we're called to do? And, you know, I know lots of us, and myself included, I've even been a part of this. We always have excuses of why we can't share the gospel. And oftentimes, you know, I don't know. I, a lot of times they could say, you know, I just don't know enough. I don't know enough of my Bible, or, you know, I'm afraid to do this if, or, you know, I don't think they'll listen. You know, I've even had people tell me that that's not my job to share the gospel, you know. Uh, and you can probably fill in the blank of what yours may be. But I'm here to tell you that if you're a person that has given your life to Christ, then you are a missionary and you're on mission. Um, and you're to help lead people. Water, the water that just Ty was talking about, that water that will quench every thirst and every single acceptance hole that you have in your heart, right? And so now that all that, that all of that is set up, I just want to ask you a question. This is a question that I want you to answer today, but I also want you to answer it every single day. Is if you know God's love and acceptance, and why aren't you giving it, and why aren't you spreading it? If you know it and you've received it, then why aren't, you, why aren't you spreading it? And to be honest, I'm afraid that we've all heard this message so much that it's just going to go in one ear and out the other. You know, I, I get it. We hear it all the time. We're supposed to serve others. We're supposed to spread the gospel, yada, yada, yada. But I just want to ask this question. If you know what it truly is, then why wouldn't you want to give it to somebody that you say you love? Right? Even if you're afraid to. Some of you will go in one ear and out the other. Some of you won't. I don't know. Some of you already do so good of a job, it won't even matter. Maybe this is just to encourage you to keep going down the right path, but some of you may need to answer that question of, do you really know? If you're struggling with your walk, you know, and, and you're, you're struggling to find purpose in your walk, I just want to encourage you to move towards this light. 
I want you to move towards this light of sharing the gospel with somebody. Just sharing your faith with somebody. And, and I say move towards the light because honestly, if you were sharing the gospel, you'd be in the light. And I know this from my own life. But do you truly understand what Jesus did on the cross? And, and this is a question you'll need to ask yourself every single day of your life, right? Every single day of your life. Do you truly know what he went through on the cross? Does that truly affect every single moment of every single day of your life? I know we forget about it all the time, but it should be a goal to think about Jesus in every single day of our life, right? And so now that we know all this, how do we... Now that you know the answer to that question, do you know the answer to that question? And what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? So how do you go about sharing your faith? How do you go about sharing your faith? As we see in John 9 here, you know... Often, before you can even meet a spiritual need, you have to meet a physical need. And this is where we talk about all of our serving all the time. You know, we, we say it every single week, I think, almost, about meeting someone's need before you can even, you know, spiritually need, give a need to them as well. Just listen to them or whatever the case may be. And the last few weeks, I feel like just about everybody I've come into contact with, like even a couple of weeks ago, man, I was just... So grouchy, and I had no idea why. And then I, I felt like God just kind of gave me a spiritual slap to the back of the head, and was like, "Dude, you have it so, and you have it so well right now." And man, it was like He was just getting my heart ready because the last few weeks, as springs come out, I've just been talking to more and more people, and people just come been coming out of the woodworks with just all these things that are going on. And it's just like God has just kept just kept poking at me, just a word, just a word, and you know, maybe it's. Maybe you got things going on, but my goodness, God has just been whispering things in my ear just to spread joy, just to spread joy to people's hearts and just spread as much joy as you possibly can to people because we need it right now. And not just right now, but everybody needs it all the time, right? And he's telling me to help people find their joy because here's the summary of everything that we've talked about this morning yet so far is that you have to be joyful to do what God is asking you to do. You have to have joy to do what God is asking you to do every single day, right? We talk, me and Ty talk about it all the time, joyful servant. You know, we, that's, if that's anything we say to each other just about every day is, you know, go be a joyful servant somewhere, even if it's scooping poop for somebody that you don't even like. Go be a joyful servant. How do we find joy? How do we know what joy is? Where do you find your joy? Lots of us would say we find his joy in his creation, or we find it in the shop building, building on something, or working on something. Um, but one thing most of us are missing in our puzzle pieces is people. You know, I didn't, I, I understand some of you guys, cowboys in here that love being alone by yourself, that people can actually bring you joy if you give them a chance. <laughs> That's a joke. Right? Most grouchy guys just don't like being around people, right? <laughs> I hear it all the time. I hate going to church. I hate going to church. There's so many people there. I don't even want to talk to them. It's just small talk the whole time. Well, maybe that small talk's changing that guy's life. You never know. They get to see your joyful, grouchy face in the morning. <laughs> get to give Daryl a hug. He can't hear me, but, you know. Oh, he can't. He got hearing aids. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Yep, I know there's all the groans are coming right now, but again, you guys, you guys, you gotta have people in your life. You gotta have people in your life. But listen, I'm not talking about gobs of people. I'm talking about quality people. 
right? There's lots of people here that we talk to on a day-to-day basis. Maybe it's small talk, maybe it's not. I don't know. But when I talk about finding and enjoying people, I talk about finding and enjoying the right people. And I think we get so caught up in, you know, small circles or whatever that, you know, I think we often forget about our small circles and we kind of just neglect them in a way too. But not only do they, are they supposed to spread joy, but you're supposed to spread joy to them. And you can argue about it all you want. You can argue about it all you want that you don't need people in your life and that you don't need community, but it's not the truth. That's not the truth, you know, and I'm, I say this almost every time, too, I get up here. I try to make it a point to say it, but literally 90% of the New Testament was written in mind that you would be in fellowship with other believers. That's how it works, guys. You've got to be in community. You can find God in all your creation and everything you want, but if it doesn't involve people, it's not the gospel. It's not the gospel. Like I said earlier, if it's your goal just to be saved, and that's fine. If you never want to have connection with anybody, that's fine. But don't call yourself a Christian. Call yourself a believer, a churchgoer. Because to be honest, I can think back on, you know, a lot of my background, you know, a lot of it kind of includes some church hurt and stuff from past churches. And, and I've even been a part of it. Like, this is me preaching to myself. But the hypocrisy that's came from me of just, you know, not doing what I was supposed to do, yet I was calling myself a Christian. And I gave God a bad rep for my actions. You know, and to be honest, if it wasn't for the small group right up here, and I could go on forever about the people that uplift me and encourage me every single day and push me more towards Jesus. But I, if it wasn't for them, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And that's a whole lot more than where I was. You know, they encourage me, they uplift me, they give me kick to the pants more often than most. And that's the people I'm talking about. It isn't the people that agree with you all the time or, or whatever the case may be. It's the people that, you know, maybe they agree with you if you're right, but most of the time you may not be right. Most of the time they're the people that tell you that you could be doing something better and they can use Scripture to back it up. But those are the people you're supposed to find your joy in. Those people fill you up with joy so you can go fill others up with joy. You can find joy in whatever you want. But if it doesn't involve the right people, then it's going to be a false joy. One of the biggest points in this passage, and sometimes, or one of the biggest points in this passage, is, is sometimes, I just want to point this out, in John 9, sometimes we're the, we're the blind man, right? Jesus has just healed us, and we're running off, and we're telling everybody that Jesus healed me, Jesus healed me, Jesus healed me, Jesus healed me. But then, you know, as we go and we start sharing our faith, uh, we often turn into one of the Pharisees in the story, often downing what Jesus has done in our life, and we end up tur- turning out grouchy, right? We turn out grouchy because of a few bad apples that wanted to challenge our faith, and we let them steal our joy, right? And I, and I think, yeah, I've been there. I've been there, man. It's not very fun, but I think a lot of us, we, we take it so to heart that we turn, we go straight from a blind man that Jesus has just done so much for and done life-changing things for, and we forget all about that. And we often turn into a grouchy Pharisee. And who likes being around somebody who's grouchy all the time, right? Nobody likes being around somebody who's grouchy all the time. I, I never once grew up and saw a Christian that was grouchy and said, I want to be just like that guy. <laughs> right? 
Who wants to be around anybody that's grouchy, let alone a grouchy Christian? That's like the worst place you can be, right, as a grouchy Christian. You're just like, man, what, what's wrong with that guy? I, I, you know, they say Jesus is a good guy, but man, he acts like he's awful. Who likes being around somebody that's grouchy? What good is our faith if it doesn't have any joy in it, right? We've got to find some joy, people. We've got to find some joy. If you missed our conference call last week, I feel sorry for you. But, man, that's what we were talking about. It's just different ways to find joy. And that's what, that's what actually helped me come up with the sermons, because that was the consensus of it, is everybody said something about God's creation, finding joy in it. But every single one, one of these people said at the end of everything, after they got on the call and said their piece, at the end of everything, they said it all boiled down to the people in their life. And those are, those are my mentors, you know, and, and I've taken the, that advice to heart and said, you know, that community is so important, so important. Where do you find your joy? Maybe you need to get a hobby. Maybe you need to get out of the house. Buy a horse. Shoot, buy a colt. I got a colt for sale. If you ain't rode very much, I got one that ain't been rode very much. Y'all can learn together. I've heard that, I've heard that is a really good thing. <laughs> I heard that works out well, huh, Ty? Every time. <laughs> Just kidding. That might make you backslide. Um, but, uh, but come on, people. Y'all can't, stand, y'all can't stand people, yet we call ourselves Christ followers. And, and the other day, actually, Dell and I were talking about this. Uh, you know, we were talking about just sharing our faith and things like that. And it's just like, man, why do we wait? Why do we wait until somebody's on their deathbed to actually have a conversation with them about God? Right? Why? Because we're afraid? Afraid of what they might think, to, think about us? Like I said earlier, if it's good news, why wouldn't we want somebody to know? Right? You get a job promotion, who's the first person you call? Right? You want them to know. You do something good. You win a horse class. You rope your first cow in the pasture. Who's the first, first, first person you call? Right? It's your friends. Who's the first person you brag to about doing something cool? Your friends, Right? aren't you sharing your gospel? Where's your joy? If you haven't gotten in your question yet, you might want to wait on this last part or try this last part, whatever you want to do. But how do you share your faith? You ready? I have a simple but yet incredible plan that I know it works, right? It's this simple. Are you ready for it? Tyler knows it well. We do it all the time. Ready? Here's how it goes. This is how you start the conversation. Do you have a faith? That's it. Do you have a faith? Most of the time it catches people way off guard. Like, what? What do you mean do I have a faith? Yeah, do you have a faith? Do you have something higher power you believe in? And no matter what they say, you always listen to them, right? And you always repeat back what they say. Because that means that you care about them. And you always care about people. That's how those conversations actually work, because you've got to actually care about them to spread the gospel. You can't just be focused on getting your point across. You've got to listen to what they say. Repeat it back to them, right? And you can say, man, that, I, that's awesome, but do you mind if I tell you about a man that's changed my life, a man called Jesus? Would you mind if I told you about him? And maybe they, won't, maybe they don't want to listen to it. I don't know. That's up to them. But whatever you do, listen to them. Ask them if they have a faith. Maybe they have some hard questions. Maybe you don't have all the answers. And if you don't have all the answers, just say, I don't know. If they're asking hard questions, just say, I don't know. 
I don't know about that one. But I do know somebody who knows. Why don't you come to church and we'll, we'll talk about it. Then get their phone number. Invite them to church. Get their phone number. Stalk them at the grocery store again. I don't know. If they don't come to church, find them again, you know. Put an Apple tag on them. I don't know. Do what you got to do, man. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, anyways, that's probably restraining order against you. And you won't be able to go to Safeway again. Uh, but man, invite them to church. Get their phone number. Keep going. Keep asking them. Man, I've heard a statistic one time that says it takes at least 15 times of you asking somebody before they'll actually come to church. 15 times. At least. How many of us quit after the first time? I don't know. It probably took about 30 times for me. I was a little bit harder headed, but thankful people kept on me, Mom. Uh, <laughs> but these are the questions you have to answer. Do you really remember what Christ has been through for you, right? All this love, acceptance, and joy, right? Why would you not want to pass that on to somebody else? Why would you not want to? Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And one of his commands is to spread the gospel, right? Nothing else matters in that whole entire Bible than loving your neighbor. That's the biggest point in the whole entire Bible is loving your neighbor. Spreading that joy, spreading that gospel, spreading that love, that forgiveness. In verse 7 of John 9, Jesus sent this blind man. He literally, it says in there, it's sent. He sent him to a, the pool of Siloam, which literally, the, the, the meaning of Siloam means sent. So it actually says sent twice in Scripture. It must be important. It says it twice. He sent them just like we're sending us. We got a job to do just like, just like that boss did when he dropped me and my dad off of gathering cows. Right? Just like he did when we were gathering cows. And your reward at the end may be some chocolate milk and some donuts. Who knows? Who knows? But as we end this today, before I pray, I just want to read a passage from Ephesians 3, 12 through 19. And Kevin and I were just talking about this the other day and just how great it was. But because of Christ... And our faith in Him, we can now boldly and we, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. That's Paul talking, but I think we can all take that to heart, right? Especially right now. I know, I know a lot of people are going through stuff right now. Maybe your joy can be found in your suffering. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything on heaven and, in heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with his, inner, with his inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand all of, as all of God's people should understand, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is for us. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to fully understand all at once, then you will be made complete in the fullness of life and power. And that only comes from Jesus. The fullness of life. Do you have it? Do you want it? If you don't have it, come up to me afterwards. Have a conversation. We'll talk about your faith. 
Talk about my faith. Do you have it? Do you want to share it? I know, like I said earlier, this maybe goes in one ear and out the other. I know a lot of people, we hear this message all the time about how we're supposed to spread the gospel, but do we really know what that means? Do we really understand why? If you haven't been coming to our Bible studies, I feel sorry for you, but we've just been, been over an end time stuff where two people have, or one person has two destinations, and we can drastically help them in that, right? There's no in-between in heaven and hell. I'm just going to stand up here and say it. I didn't have that in the notes. That's free. Two destinations, guys. Think about that. If you've been going through our Bible study, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Heaven and hell. One's totally different than the other. Hell doesn't mean you get to go and party with your friends in the, in the basement. No, you're, you're, you're isolated in the darkness by yourself with heat, unbearable heat for a thousand years with no light and no people around you. Do you want that for your neighbor? That's what Jesus saved us from. Right? Share it, guys. Share it. Let's go to God in prayer. Lord, we come to you this morning just asking that you reveal our own hearts to us. Lord, if there is something in our lives that's stealing our joy, to, to, that you, we just ask that you just reveal it to us what it is. Then, Lord, whatever you show us, I pray that we ask you, and we do ask you, Lord, to restore our hearts that you designed them to be. Restore them to how you designed them to be, Lord. Hearts that are unblemished, not in pain anymore, no guilt, no shame, anger, resentment. So that we can go live that life of purpose and life in abundance that you, want, that you want us to have. Your word says to delight ourselves in you and you will give us the desires of your heart. Well, Lord, we're, we're delighting in you. And it all starts with the healing and the clean heart and joy and a joyful heart. Restore our hearts, Lord. We love you for doing so. It's your name we ask these things and we praise your name. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here.